Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Try to stay out of non-family events. If you're listening, you know, just... just I'm not gonna, this isn't getting too dicey, but slight heads up. Just a slight heads up. Pete Thamel. When Pat becomes all mullet, no muscle, then we'll all come full circle. And SI's Pat Forty. I'm good with letting the, letting the free Pat's flag fly for a while. I'm fine with it. <laughs> Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. It's, uh, same as yesterday, same as tomorrow. Nothing's happening in America, but we are here to have a podcast. I got—I cut my own hair. If either of you two attempted to cut your own hair or gotten a haircut, absolutely not. I—I am not touching my own hair. I'm not even letting anybody in my house touch my own hair. I may ask my wife to shave my neck eventually because I got kind of that werewolf neck thing, but. Uh, <laughs> I I want I want no part of of trying to do this myself. So, did you you cut yours yourself, Dan? Your your own hands? Can you imagine the line at the at the barber shops, the haircut places when this thing finally no, it's ends? It's going to be outrageous. I, honestly, these hair I know they're they're hurting, but they could literally be like you. And I don't even care. Price gouge it. Yeah. Need your haircut? Yeah. Five hundred bucks. <laughs> Just price it. People are desperate out there. I know. I'm looking. We got the Skype set up here. and Your haircut looks pretty good, Dan, but there might be a little bit of you. You're not quite a, a level uh, across the top there, across the front. I'm not, not sure it's all symmetrical. <laughs> I had, and not only that, I don't have like a, like a good hair uh, cutter. Like these are like cuts, like arts and crafts <laughs> stuff from my kids. Like... <laughs> Like the scissors with the some, green uh, handles, yeah, the rubber green yeah. handles. Construction paper. Yeah. Like let's I think whatever. It, Feels good. I think I think I did a pretty good job. I yeah. think Pat, you should try to grow the white the white gundy. Just get a get a mullet going out there. I mean, you live in Kentucky, enough weird stuff happens. Like, why not just try to go full gundy? Nobody's gonna see it. You can like just slip it out on the pod once in a while. I, I I think the opportunity is yours. I'm not afraid of it. I had a mullet once. I'm not scared to go back. I uh, all right. You know, I I I, I had that 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 mid '80s bi level haircut as they used to call it, which was really just a mullet. It was all Bono's fault. He's the one that started <laughs> it. But uh, yeah, I could. I think I could have the white flowing mullet at some point here, since my hair is mostly gray. I'm sure, the ladies loved it. Oh yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I have just a, a complete disastrous uh, bird's nest uh, <laughs> to the point where I was Zooming with uh, family for Easter last night and I put on a hat and everyone's like, why do you have a hat on? And I took my hat off. I was like, <laughs> you know, I could I could actually probably braid my hair pretty soon. I think if I cut it, I would just have to go like full crew cut. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to try to arts it in the middle. I, I just think I'm just going to I would just buzz it. There you uh, go. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. I'm going to I'm going to hold uh, I'm going to hold out. Yeah, just uh, yeah, well, put the trimmer setting the pool, on boys, whatever so you it can is. Do it. I did it. Yeah. So, Dan, how long did it take you yeah. to uh, sculpt your own hair? <laughs> not long because I just got bored. So I'm not even sure it's all. <laughs> I mean, I, I did a little bit. Then then uh, one day and I came back did a little more the next. OK, that was right it. there in front of the mirror yourself just, with, just, the, with the. Yeah, just chop, chop. Fifth See what you got, so you know, fun. and uh, I mean, what the hell? What's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> 
Hey, you don't look demonstrably worse <laughs> than you did last week. So yeah, you're obviously. I, I haven't left my house in months. <laughs> you're overpaying anybody that's cutting your hair because you look about the same. Yeah, maybe. Might might just save a few bucks here. I will say, you know, there's certain things that all of a sudden you're not spending money on. Right. Gas. Like, you know, here you go. Haircut. Boom. Yeah. Savings. At least we got that going for us. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you guys, see, you guys are, now it's probably all driving you crazy, but your hair feels long and itchy, and you're going to wish you came came over to my side. No. Join up. No. I'm, no. Pat's too vain. I'm good with wetting the, letting the freak Pat's flag fly for a while. I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> when Pat becomes all mullet, no muscle, then we'll all come full circle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would say I'm getting dangerously close in both categories. <laughs> All right, I think we got a decent show lined up here. We have a people's court mm. later that I think is going to be very Excellent. good. Interested to hear Justice Forty's uh, ruling on this one. You know, we would be talking about the NFL draft right about now anyway. True. So, F you, coronavirus, <laughs> no, getting in the way of our show prep. <laughs> Plus, we got, a you know, antics with alcohol, different things. Probably wouldn't be talking about my haircut, but that's all right. So, this year's QB crop. Let's uh, Let's rip them apart like we always do. <laughs> How about, what do you think, a pro and a con of each guy, if there is one, and what order you think uh, they'll go in? We're going to go with the five main ones, T Tua, Jalen, Burrow, Love, Herbert, not not in any particular order. We can start with Burrow if you want, because he's probably going number one, but um, we have all watched these guys play. I'm sure you've spent many hours breaking down their footwork and hip thrust <laughs> through the ball and uh, all, all those things, arm angles. Uh, but Pete, why don't we start with you? Joe Burrow. Uh, pro con or I don't know, however you want to do this. You have any concerns about him as an NFL player and what excites you about him as an NFL player? So I do have concerns and I probably have more concerns than, uh, th than most. Um, so obviously I want to acknowledge he had, and I wrote this the, the night uh, in new Orleans, he had the greatest single season by a player in the history of college football, right? Broke every record brought LSU to the promised land, sort of unantiquated, which I don't even think is in a word, an offense that had been uh, set in the uh, Flintstones era for far too long. So, yay, Joe Burrow, you were awesome. Here's what I don't like about Joe Burrow. He does not have, and he even admitted this uh, at the combat, he does not have an elite arm. Now, I'm not saying you have to have a Roethlisberger cannon to uh you know to to play in the nfl but joe burrow's arm is above average for nfl quarterbacks somewhere between average and above average and that is going to come to roost because and i had a scout say this to me for a draft breakdown of him somewhere around the uh, bowl games he is never going to have the advantage he had athletically at receiver and in talent that he has in the nfl so, well, the biggest reason why I think Joe Burrow is going to struggle is he's going to Cincinnati. That is the place where careers go to die. His head coach is, you know, 29 or 30 years old and by all accounts was completely clueless in his first NFL year. So he is set up to fail just by going to Cincinnati to start. And, you know, he was the one who pulled LSU out from its sort of upper middle class rut and into the elite. I do not think he is talented enough to go to Cincinnati and do that. So I think the situation so often dictates NFL careers. The situation is as bad as it can get. Um, his arm is just OK. And there will be, you know, I, I think uh, who's there at receiver? AJ Green? Yes, AJ, AJ Green's there. And again, just as our listeners probably know, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, because Pat and I work on Sundays on college. I don't watch a ton, a ton of NFL. I can't tell you the last Bengals game I watched, to be completely honest with you. Like when when is the last time the Bengals had a, a like must see game that transcended? Um, you know, it's been a very, very long time. The Bengals also they're good at losing playoff games. What was that? They were very good at lose. They were good at losing playoff games for a while. <laughs> okay, there. Yeah, no, were I that. mean, they were OK under Marvin. You know, they were. Yeah, yeah. they were excellent. Yes. They lost every time. I covered a bunch of yeah. them. Yeah, it's good times. Out yeah. There. And they also this is probably my biggest quibble that I can give the Bengals franchise from the uh, from the college world is they spend the least amount on scouting of any NFL franchise and have been that way for a while. That is just ridiculously stupid. So you have a cheap franchise that doesn't believe in the evaluation process and you're going to bring in a guy who I think, you know, in their middle of rebuild, I think they're bringing in a guy and they're going to set him up to fail. So 
Those are the uh, those are the things I don't like about Joe Burrow. He had better receivers at LSU last year as a group than he will have in Cincinnati. He he clearly had better offensive coaches than he's going to have in Cincinnati. So I I really feel like there is a higher potential bust rate on Joe Burrow than uh, people are people are people are acknowledging out loud. Also. When you really go back and dig in on him, he was just straight up decisively average his junior year. Now, look, he improved, they improved, the scheme improved, et cetera. But there does have to be somewhat of a grounding in reality of, of, of that is a little bit of his arm strength. That is a little bit of who he is. If you are going to take the 60 touchdowns and six interceptions, you at least have to acknowledge the, you know, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions and, uh, 57% completion rate. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be fascinating. I'm certainly rooting for Joe Burrow. I think he's a kid who did everything right during his college career. Uh, I will never forget the Heisman speech and obviously him raising money for the Central Ohio Food Banks uh, that, that he did in his local areas. I mean, that was one of the all-time awesome things. Um, I think character-wise, work ethic-wise, all that stuff. A high-end kid who's going to give it everything he has. He's the son of a coach. There's there's competitiveness through the nines, and there's obviously a work ethic and desire that's high. But I do think there is some potential for uh, for, for bust because of situation and because of some physical limitation. Um, I'm glad you stopped assassinating Joe eventually there. So that's good. <laughs> that was pretty pretty <laughs> harsh on a guy that I I didn't think people come on this pretty... podcast for positivity. <laughs> Pete's out here making friends. Uh, (laughs) No, they don't come here for positivity. I I respect that. I respect that part of the hustle. So that's fine. Um, I I mean, I love him. And I think he's I think he's a very clear number one pick for a team that's dying for a quarterback. A lot of what Pete said is obviously very valid in terms of going to Cincinnati is going to be hard. But A.J. Green, if he gets back, A.J. Green's an elite receiver. He's not a good NFL receiver. He's an elite receiver. Tyler Boyd, John Ross, they've got some guys that can catch the ball there. Offensive line, I don't know about that. Coaching, I don't know about that. But Joe Burrow is accurate as hell, thinks great on his feet, sees the field, makes very good decisions. My one question with him is just, did Joe Brady make Joe Burrow or not? Um, so I want to see him in without Joe Brady calling the plays and and put, pulling the strings there to a degree. But, boy, I, I sure like what I saw out of him. Yes, he, he did have a huge jump up year over year. He was not great the year before, but I put that more on the offense that he was in. And I guess instead of unantiquated, I'd probably say he modernized the the, uh, the LSU attack that uh, – uh, he and he and Brady both did and made that a, a much, much, much better product. And they did have an advantage at receiver. They had, they had phenomenal athletes going downfield who were bigger, faster uh, and better playmakers than most of the DBs that were covering them. But he also put the ball on the money to those guys a lot of the time. So I am very bullish on Joe Burrow. And while he may not be able to step in and be an immediate savior, I think he will step in and be a good quarterback and probably a good quarterback for a long time uh, in the NFL. All right. I don't have a whole lot to add to that. I will say Bengals coach Zach Taylor is 36, not 29, uh, but I'm sure he appreciates it. Uh, We'll be 37. (laughs) Yeah, I think my thing is 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 so this wasn't a great quarterback under. Uh, the old system at LSU, and then Joe Brady comes in and he becomes the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. You know, is, there's going to be a return to mean. Not going 60 touchdowns, six interceptions in the NFL. Um, this is the problem every time dealing with college, trying to scout college quarterbacks, is how much of it is the player, how much is the system, how much is the lopsided nature of the sport. I mean, you only play a few games, even in the SEC West, where there is some kind of comparable talent level uh, to what you're doing now, he performed against everyone. So 76.3% completion rating is is a, an astounding number, no matter what. Um, but this is it, you know. I mean, done this a few years ago, we would have wondered if Patrick Mahomes was just a a product of a of a terrible, uh, you know, this wild uh, offensive system down in Texas Tech, and that's what scared some teams off of him. And then you overthink it, and you see, uh, you know. Mitchell Trubisky, and you go, that's it. That's the guy. 
Uh, you know, and Deshaun Watson was just surrounded by talent. So it's such a tricky thing. I what I really liked about Burrow when I saw was um, and, and I wrote this it, with all of the caveats that he is not Tom Brady because Tom, there's never been anything like Tom Brady, but he he seems to figure out defenses as the game goes on and get stronger as the game goes on. That is a massive and massively important skill in the NFL, particularly as a young quarterback, because they are going to throw things at you you've never seen. It's the famous uh, Sam Darnold quote last year on Mike Up when he was playing uh, the Patriots. You know, I'm seeing ghosts. Um, that I thought that was one of the <laughs> was one of the most telling NFL quarterback lines of all time because that's what's going on. You're like, where did that guy come from? Or I thought that guy was there, so I threw it over here, uh, and no one was there. So we'll see. But I love the accuracy. Uh, I love his work ethic. Um, I think your only concern is was this a byproduct of what was around him, including who was up in the uh, who was up in the booth calling plays? All right, let's go with the X factor. Tua Tungavailoa. You know, I've seen him everywhere in these draft draft boards. Obviously, the injury. You've seen the. Have we seen the videos to watch him do his thing? Uh, secret videos, hidden videos, videos that violate the shelter in place laws. I mean, we got everything with Tua. Do let's just say this: we know what Tua can do. Athletic, accurate, winner, all great kid, all that. Where do you take Tua? Because to me, Tungavailoa is a is a game of chicken. If you're an NFL franchise, do you have the guts to pick him where he should go, which is probably number two, or or, or something like that, or do you have the guts to say I'm not taking him because I think that hip screwed up and risk sitting there in a couple years and having wise asses like me who never had to make a decision in their life other than should I cut my own hair. <laughs> To why'd you take Trubisky over <laughs> Mahomes, right? <laughs> Dumbasses. So, do you have the guts, Pat Forty? Do you have the guts to pick him number two or three, trade up, or especially Washington, or do you have the guts to say no? I don't want him. What do you got? How much guts you got, boy? I, I, boy, I, I would say no this, guts. That, uh, <laughs> if you didn't have a Chase Young there who I think is is destined to be a great NFL player, I would absolutely I he just I think it depends on your need. If you need a quarterback, then yeah, I, I would not be very scared of drafting Tua. The injury thing is scary, but I would still think I look at him and I think he's a special talent. I, I think we are very lucky to have had the number of special talents playing quarterback in college football that we have the last couple of seasons. And I have Tua is you know, maybe the most impressive guy I've watched in terms of just his ability to make these beautiful throws and have this feel for the game. But yeah, the question is the injury situation. So like if, if I'm sitting there, if I'm the Redskins at number two, I don't know. Uh, Chase Young probably is, I'd feel a little safer with that, but man, oh man, I would want to, if I needed a quarterback and they do, they need that too. But geez, Louise, I, I really like him. I just wish you could guarantee that you could get 16 games a year out of him for five years, 10 years, whatever the case may be. I just, I'm not sure. So I, I, I would probably pass at number two, but I would be considering trading up from lower to get him somewhere in there in the top five ish personally. Kind of got you got Pete. So, uh, you know, since I've already been established as the, the Oscar or the grouch of today's show, um, I obviously, you know, enjoyed to his transcendent career at Alabama as much as anyone. But from an NFL perspective, I think there are some concerns. One is that he's fragile. It's not just the hip. He's had, you know, multiple ankle surgeries. He's had a knee issue. His body type. And the one thing I learned from doing the project uh, two years ago I did where the Dolphins let me follow around their scouts for an entire season was how much body type matters. And to his body type, I mean, he's not like Kyler Murray skinny thin, but his body type would lead him or would lead to the NFL being skeptical of him having the endurance to last a 16-game schedule and to get hit and play with the, you know, the type of physicality that comes with uh, with that position. So that, that the first thing is obviously he seems to have got past the hip in the minds of NFL teams. 
So that's there. But I think, too, when you when you look at just the other issues he had in terms of missing games during his during his time at Alabama, yeah, there is a little bit of a reputation for fragility that he's going to have to overcome. The other thing that really scares me about Tua is there's part of him that reminds me of Matt Leinart at USC, and it's that his receivers were so open. We did look, we saw enough of him completing balls against contested guys, but I just think so much of what he did was hit Jerry Judy and hit Henry Ruggs and hit all this, you know, one of the greatest collections of wide receivers we've ever seen and hit them with so much space between that. I don't know if we've seen like I, I think that it's going to revert to the mean, like Dan had said about uh, about about Burrow. It's just his receiver collection was so stacked that. It, it scares me a little bit because he's just not going to have those kind of windows in the uh, in the NFL. And I, I think it's worth noting, we've talked about this once or twice in the podcast, there are zero left-handed quarterbacks in the NFL. Now, people say, well, why does that matter? Well, it, it reverses everything you have to do in your offensive system. It just complicates it. Like, does your left tackle become your right tackle? Those are the kinds of people. There's an inherent bias against left-handed quarterbacks because they just change the direction of everything that you uh, everything that you do. So, if I, I'm saying, if you're thinking about risking your franchise's future at two by taking a quarterback in the first round for the second year in a row, him being left-handed is going to come up. Left lefties are like the devil's spawn. They really shouldn't trust them. <laughs> are those all left-handed people, Dan, or just all? Uh, all. Okay. Including one of my daughters. I think it's, yeah, no, my sister um, just shouldn't, they shouldn't exist. Just go back to the old Salem witch trial thing, <laughs> throw a ball at them, see what they catch it, and then get the dunk tank out. Well, if, um, it, if, it, mat- if it matters at all, Tua's actually right-handed and his dad taught him to throw left-handed. So I think that he might win, be able to win a Salem witch trial. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, that's pretty good. Tua See? save. I mean, <laughs> one of Mahomes' most famous passes was we went lefty. Pod fun fact that you can entertain everyone you're quarantined with today. The uh, last left-handed touchdown pass in the NFL was thrown by Des Bryant. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so it's been a while. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah, Kellen Moore is the last left-handed starter or quarterback. I forget which one. Probably he started a few games. But yeah, how much? Yeah. I don't know if he saw this. Uh, this is total totally out. But left talk about lefties. Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler played a golf match. They're mm-hmm. both righty, and they hit lefty just to see what the hell I would happen. The lefty challenge. Yeah. Fowler shot a ninety-four wow. lefty. It's crazy! Wow. Uh, <laughs> I I mean I know it's Ricky uh, Fowler. Yeah. That, but that discourages like, me. What? That no, really what? discourages yeah. me. Yeah. Oh my god. I can't shoot a ninety-four on like my best day. Like yeah. I'm the Pope from Caddyshack, like the best round of my <laughs> life. I would get a ninety-four. <laughs> ninety-four. He said he could putt. The putting is what yeah. really saves you because he can putt lefty. Um JT shot a hundred and one. Uh and I'm not sure what they played. But I mean, like the imagine the tips of this course, yeah. uh, which had 140 slope. I mean, this is seven thousand. I mean, which this is course? No joke. Yeah, of course. So they Bushwoods, Bush, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah Bushwoods. Yeah, that's Fowler had a hammer. I didn't do that much research. Ninety-four left-handed. I couldn't shoot two hundred left-handed. I don't think. I don't. I think I just. Why would you? Like it just be like a. Yeah. painful right. even exercise of like i, I yeah. wonder if they just like yeah. hit three irons right just like had like a very basic whack it out there swing hit three iron you know twice and then just like you know got got close and then put i don't know like because you got to think some of the dynamics of just the power they can generate are going to translate even though it's from the other side and you can just kind of dumb it down i don't know like they're, they're obviously elite at what they do that's uh, that's we awesome. may all right. Well, look, neither of you guys got any guts. I take him. I don't care. He's good. Uh, you got to have a QB. Uh, you know, everyone's like, oh, he's he's a guarantee. I don't know if he's a guarantee. He did not have he did not have big numbers against the best opponents. Uh, seems great, probably. But it's defensive end. I want a QB. I'd move up and take uh, two. I think he figures things out. So maybe I'm a little higher on him than you guys so are. So you just I just cast think he's, Wayne Haskins off into the ocean. Yeah, I I. I will admit I only watched one extensive play a game of Dwayne Haskins last year. He was terrible. 
So, yeah, I, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is going to win you a Super Bowl. I don't think Dwayne Haskins is going to. Now, maybe. We'll see. Uh, you can get better, but I, I want the elite QB. Dwayne Haskins doesn't do it for me. I think he was picked by the owner. You know, that's kind of the whole problem with, with Washington. You know, one thing we've been talking about here, and we'll continue to as we move on to, to Jalen Hurts, but the the problem in scouting quarterbacks is really hard. And because... Yeah, he 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 hits a wide open wide receiver because he plays at Alabama and they're playing, you know, middle Tennessee. And and how can you, you know, it's easy. And in the NFL, it's like you're at the carnival trying to slip the football through the little, you know, it's like the Dr. Pepper challenge. <laughs> and uh, you got to you got to be perfect. I remember this stat and I can't remember the exact number, but I'm pretty close in all of Cam Newton's senior, uh, junior year at Auburn. And they're trying to figure out whether to take him one or not. There were like 27 plays, a scout told me, 27 snaps that you could scout and have a reasonable look at it and say, this is what I, this is his body of work that the NFL can judge him on. 27. That was it, the whole year. <laughs> 27 plays where, he, where there was some semblance of what the NFL looks like that you could actually watch him. It wasn't just, Cam on a delayed QB draw, you know, right? Like, okay, great. That's good. But you can't run that all the time in the NFL. I mean, they do a little bit more now, but even Cam Newton, look at his career is over nine years practically. So yeah, it's it's such a small number because you sit there and go, oh, we watched this guy for years. Like you watched him beat up guys that'll never play in the league. So you're sitting there going, well, how did he do against this cornerback at, and it doesn't even have to be LSU. It could be, you know, the one guy he threw against that South Carolina or something like that, or this game against Clemson. So, but I, I'm a big Tua fan. So I, I, I got the guts. I'm taking them. All right. Jalen hurts, man. The Tua beat out. Uh, is there any chance Jalen goes ahead of Tua? And what, what do you think there? Pat, what do you think? Jalen hurts. Uh, don't love him. I mean, great guy, great teammate got a lot better. It looked like at least within the Oklahoma offense uh, after going there from Alabama but I don't look at him anywhere near the level I look at Burrow and Tua. He, you know, put up just some stratospheric numbers early last season against bad competition. Houston, South Dakota, UCLA, Texas Tech, Kansas, a, a bad Texas team, West Virginia, Kansas State, Iowa State. The, the first, what, eight games there or whatever of Oklahoma season were not good. And so he put up big numbers against some of those teams and like some stratospheric numbers against especially the early competition. I think some people caught up to him. I don't think he is a great seer of the field. Uh, you look against LSU. Now, LSU was really, really good, but he was below ordinary in that game. Completed 48% of his passes, no touchdowns, one interception. Uh, in the rematch against Baylor, he was okay. Wasn't, you know, phenomenal in the first game against Baylor. He, ended, he had a great second half. He had a bad first half. I think that that was product of system and as much as anything, product of competition in the Big 12. That that was a, not a very good league this last year, and Oklahoma was much the best in it, and the non-conference schedule stunk, and it was set up for him to succeed in a very QB-friendly offense, and I'm not going out on a limb for Jalen Hurts. Great kid, great college career. Major doubts about his NFL viability. The one thing I saw about Jalen Hurts that I that I thought was interesting was on Twitter, so it had to be true. Was that uh, was that Baltimore was was keyed in on him as like a mid round pick to back up Lamar in a way they could kind of keep their offensive system. Like Baltimore's not going to draft some Justin Herbert, Drew Bledsoe, whatever kind of type, and, and then you know have a, a whole other offense to, uh, to to have to run. And I just thought. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. It does. You know, like that just that just says, okay, you uh you you have a guy who look has been consistently productive. He's a winner, he's an aces with character. He struggled with full field reads, he struggled with some anticipation. Like there were there there were drawbacks to uh to, to Jalen Hurts, and that's why he ultimately did get beat out by Tua, because Tua was uh Tua was better at those uh, at, at some of those nuances. But in terms of, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts is nowhere near the first round in this draft. I think we all know that. But in terms of drafting a guy who you can get for four years 
to be your backup quarterback, there is some value in Jalen Hurts in the third or fourth round. Um, you know, backup quarterbacks make a lot of money in the NFL. Backup quarterbacks are hard to find. If you can bring in a guy and you know he is going to be one of the highest character guys in your organization, you know that he's going to be a guy who devours the playbook and really uh, relishes the role and prepares like a starter. I, I really think that there's a lot of value in Jalen Hurts as a as a backup quarterback. And then maybe in the NFL, maybe he can grow and expand and eventually become a starter someday. But I don't see him as a starting NFL quarterback. I like his accuracy, but we will uh, we'll see. Obviously, he's a he's a second tier. All right, let's get to uh, Justin Herbert, Oregon. Pete, I think you got a man crush on him. You know, what do you I, think? I do have a, a a bit of a man crush on Justin Herbert. I went out there and uh, it did a it did a huge story on him bef- before the season, and he's a really interesting he's a really interesting guy. You know, he has over a four zero. He leaves Oregon with stayed in his uh it for his senior year despite the fact that he probably had a better chance of getting drafted higher last year than he does this year the knocks on herbert since i've been captain negative through all this like the number one knock and he knows it he acknowledged it the oregon coaches know it and acknowledge it is that he is not an alpha he is not a natural leader and when i asked him actually this august in eugene i i said you know justin how do you, if, if it's not natural you, for you to be a leader, how do you become a better leader when it's not something that's kind of organically part of your personality? And he said, that's a good question. <laughs> he looked at a lot of, you know, he looked at his senior year of trying to, to lead more in the locker room, but he's a guy who would rather lead by example. So in terms of Justin being the face of your franchise, being comfortable in the spotlight, being able to own a locker room, those are the, the, the biggest questions about him. The next biggest questions about him, uh, you know, start and end with his uh, with his accuracy. Now, he completed. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the number one thing. He ain't going to be leading crap if he keeps throwing it like he did at Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. So he completed 66.8% of his passes. Oregon led the country in drops his junior year when he had 59.4% of his passes. He was not throwing to, you know, a couple of scouts have played devil's advocate with me on this. They said, what if Justin Herbert was throwing to Ruggs and Judy? I mean, can you name an Oregon receiver from last year, Dan? Well, I'm not very good. I would, I would be the last no, person. Exactly. So all, all <laughs> I'm, that question. All I'm, I can only name one player at Oregon, yeah. Justin okay, Herbert. So all I'm saying is he was dealing with a different deck of cards than than some of these some of these other guys were. So it'd be it would be interesting to uh, it'd be interesting to me to to see what the Dolphins do at at five. He fits now. The Dolphins have changed some organizational hierarchy since I followed their scouts around. He fits in body type and in prototype what people in Miami indicated to me now two full years ago before a lot of things changed. What they like in a starting quarterback, body type and durability are huge, huge parts of that. Remember, Josh Allen was not accurate at Wyoming, right? Like he was not accurate going up against Mountain West defenses. So a, a little bit comes back to the age old like. Can you teach accuracy? And I, I think Justin Herbert is solid enough. But would I take him at five? Would I take him? At, I don't know, man. That's uh, that's 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 tricky. All right, just a couple points here. First, Josh Allen's still not very accurate. <laughs> although he's quite he's quite a show to watch because you never know where that thing's going. The Dolphins and their body type have have gotten them exactly. Uh, zero playoff victories this century. So, so they're right there with know. the Bengals in terms of uh, achievement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like, what's your recruiting philosophy there, <laughs> Vanderbilt? You know, yeah. <laughs> we're going to model it after the 13th best team in the AFC. No, I I, I tease Pete's, Pete's uh, series on the Dolphin scouting yeah, was, was great. fascinating. It, so was great. it was great. But I'm not sure the Dolphins got it all figured out here. That said, Pat, very much buyer beware on Justin Herbert. Uh, and accuracy is the is the absolute beginning of it. And that decision making after that for a smart guy, I thought he made some very bad decisions. I sent this to you from Pro Football Focus, and I would like to actually sit in and how they quantify these things because I'm not 100% sure. But they had a statistic percentage of uncatchably off target throws when targeting a open receiver five to 18 yards downfield to a 4.3%. Jalen Hurts, 5%. Burrow, 5.3%. Justin Herbert, 18.1%. He 
he missed open guys. So uh, that would be make me very leery in that respect. That and and again, is he going to make the right decisions with the ball? I would put him way way behind both uh, Joe Burrow and even an injury question mark to a tongue of Iloa. I watched that Arizona State game, and he was terrible. Yeah. Nothing, man. Uh, I thought he was terrible. I, this to me is the Paxton Lynch Memorial Ooh. draft pick. Whoever wants to grab that. Hopefully, one. he's not um, as big a pinhead. Not as a not, Lynch. Not a believer, <laughs> but hey, prove me wrong. You can play this on your thirty for thirty. Can I can bring I, up a busted Bronco? Nothing to get Pat going like yeah. that. They, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pat's like he can't trade it up bad. to draft him. Trade it up to draft Paxton Lynch. <laughs> yeah, but trade it up. Here not that you the, remember. Yeah. I don't even. Uh, that's the, the difference between the Paxton Lynch is not even the the Josh Rosen memorial pick, which is another one where I just am like, yeah. wait, what? Like, why are we picking this guy? You picked him. This is who the Dolphins picked, right? They moved up to get Josh Rosen. No, they, they oh, no, they traded for him. For him. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right. They traded for him. That stupid Cardinals moved up. Yeah. I remember watching that draft. Like, for what purpose was this? You're impressed with their their tape in the second half against Cal <laughs> your junior year? Like, what? Well, I don't think Herbert's any good. All right. Quickly. Love. You like him? Who, who's who's going first? Pat? Uh, let Pete go first. Pete, Pete has a man crush on Jordan Love, too. So I, ha- I right. had a man crush on Jordan Love, but the, the bottom line on Jordan Love is that the productivity did not meet the hype this year. You've really got to thread through some, some gruesome stat lines on jo- Jordan Love to take him where they're going to take him. He was 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions in 2019 after having – 32 touchdowns and six interceptions in in 2018. His completion percentage dropped from 64 to 61. And there's some overtones of of the draft debate around Drew Locke with Jordan Love. They ran at Utah State in 2018. Um, Yeah, so that would have been his sophomore year. They ran an up-tempo Ned Yost offense under, uh, you know, Baylor stuff, the wide splits, the tempo, the half-field reads, open receivers, et cetera. They ran that with, like, Bonzo success that year, right? They, uh, they, they, they gained a ton of yards. They won a ton of games, threw for 3,500 yards, was, was super productive. And then Gary Anderson comes in, and obviously anyone knows Gary Anderson's sort of roots in football. And they tried to run the same offense with Mike Sanford, and it just wasn't the same. Now, remember the, the, the same thing, and, and obviously uh, Pat Wood, because it, uh, it was at his alma mater, Locke under Josh Heupel was super productive his junior year, came back for his senior year under the immortal Derek Dooley, and stunningly it didn't go as well. So it's kind of like the reverse case of Burrow, obviously not to the extreme, of you have to you have to be able to really identify that so- uh, with that sophomore year film and the talent. The talent's there with Jordan Love, but you really have to dial into what he did there well and then rationalize why it didn't go as well in in 2019. Yeah, now that's I mean I I would be very leery of uh, Jordan Love as well, and that's yeah he he boy he put up some stinkola numbers, and maybe it was just did not adapt well to the different offense, you know, and just w- was not as comfortable. And sometimes if you know if you if you've already got an eye towards the NFL or the NBA, whatever the case may be, and you have a coaching change, you you there's a chance you could check out to a degree on that maybe that maybe that's what happened and he's got he's got arm talent he has athletic talent but i wouldn't be spending a high pick on jordan love after i mean just the the gruesome season he put up i mean he was throwing the ball to everybody but the guys on his team for for a large part of the season i, I would agree with uh, agree with all of that all right you know occasionally we tip our cap here we give the yahoo sports college podcasts honor we we honor great americans who are out there just just doing great things and um it's tough during the coronavirus i mean there's all sorts of like heroes and stuff that are like sacking your groceries and working at the hospital but we we have a little different uh, standard <laughs> so i i want to tip our cow i think i think you'll all agree oliver ronesi is a woman uh she lives in uh seminal pennsylvania just outside pittsburgh and uh, she's 93 years old, and she is doing, in an interview, she says she's doing her part to flatten the curve. She is stuck in her house. She's not going out at all. People drop off. She made a sign, though, and held it up to her window in hopes that a passerby would see it. I'm not sure what how this all worked. It, she's holding a Coors Light and, and a sign that says, I need more beer, two exclamation points. And uh, 
photo was taken and put on social media. And uh, KDKA did a feature on her through the window. She has been inundated with beers. So... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I'd drop off some beers if somebody had that sign up in my neighborhood, right? Lonely you know what? Especially the old lady down the street. Yeah. yeah. You're like, I got, I got you. And she even had her, which one she wanted, like Coors Light, which I, I applaud her for. She's not one of these beer snobs like you. Old school. Literally. Literally. 93-year-old just getting hammered. She said, um, this is her quote, why, what's, why she's drinking so much Coors Light. It's something to relax, you know. I think it's nice. Something for a young lady, <laughs> she said. <laughs> she uh, she's high on our, you know. We do our we do our man of the year, woman of the year uh, thing, human of the year. Uh, she's yeah. we got to put her in the early running. That's for you know what. How to get? Don't free be beer. afraid yeah, for- to ask for help. And she's out there <laughs> yeah. asking for help. By golly, God love her. Yeah, <laughs> the first responders are doing a great job, but she's really <laughs> championing America right now. That's right. I. I mean, there's a lot, like I said, a lot of heroes out there, but this is one of them. All right. People's Court, need your opinions on this. This is when uh, you guys become the judges, Justice Forty, uh, Justice Thamel. Here we go. We have a federal lawsuit. This is a lawsuit actually against the federal government, too. And it concerns divvying up the uh, $349 billion emergency lending program which is designed to help employees and businesses affected by the corona outbreak. You possibly have heard of it. So here we go. Federal lawsuit. A company headed by Jason Monet, who it's either pronounced moaning or money. I don't know. It's Monet, which is, is going to be funny in a second. Uh, let me just say this. Uh, we we're, This is a family podcast, but this you know, we try to stay out of non-family events. If you're listening, you know, just, just, I'm not going to, this isn't getting too dicey, but slight heads up. Heads, it's a slight heads up. We're going into PG-13. Put on the head. <laughs> You've slight been warned, all right? There we go. Okay. Just a <laughs> The corners of the internet that I've been scrolling. Now, this is, this is from uh, the Detroit News, Det News, DetroitNews.com, okay. uh, family, family website, right? Uh, a company headed by uh, Jason Monet or whatever, who oversees a national strip club <laughs> empire. I got to meet this guy. National strip club empire. Filed a lawsuit Wednesday against a regulation in the federal payback protection program that prohibits loans to businesses to perform to provide live performance of a purient sexual nature. The regulation discriminates against an $8 billion industry that includes thousands of clubs nationwide and more than 57,000 employees at a time when strip clubs have been shuttered during the COVID-19 global pandemic, according to the lawsuit. This is a nightmare, said Mahoney, Monet, who employs fewer than 500 employees at more than two dozen clubs in Michigan, Nevada, Louisiana, Illinois, Florida, Oklahoma, and California. He basically owns all of the deja vu and hustler (laughs) chains, which I'm sure none of our listeners have ever heard of. Uh, The lawsuit was filed on behalf of the Flint topless club, little Mm. darlings. (laughs) I'm sure that's a, I gotta, I gotta say, I hadn't thought of this, but probably COVID would not be very, I can't really, the strip club would not be a good (laughs) It's pretty much shut down. Yeah. Not. You know, I mean, I prefer the term gentleman's club, but you know, of, it also could be male strippers sure. too. This is, this is not sex. We're not no, sexist. Male here. strippers are hurting too. You know? So uh, according to him, people we work with are part of our team, our family. So you start, you start off by telling your family members they're out of a job and you're not sure when they'll get their money back. Uh, and then it's then it gets nailed. Uh, apparently, the uh, industry had been enjoying a five-year period of growth. Yeah. So who knows? Um, all right, Justice Forty. Do the working men and women of the gentlemen and gentlewomen's clubs of America do they deserve a chunk of this uh, lending program? I mean, if that's your job, you got no chance at earning a living. So yes, absolutely, <laughs> extend them. The the loan, whatever the case may be, the 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 free payout. I mean, because yeah, of all, you, there is no profession possible that is more impacted by social distancing <laughs> than that one. So 
Uh, I think that uh, I think he has a very good case. Him and his empire, the emperor, Moni Moni, uh, his <laughs> national strip club empire. He's he's got a great case. I say give give the strippers their money. Absolutely. You're wrong, Pat. Oh. Here's why. The strippers no, need no. to be more, uh, show a little more ingenuity. Uh, from the New York Times two days ago, <laughs> there's an extensive article about how strippers have turned to Instagram no. to make money, <laughs> including in this, according to the, the vaunted New York Times, uh, women said they have raked in thousands of dollars from cash app donations. Alexis said she has made about $18,000 total from dancing on Instagram Live during a time when she'd otherwise be completely out of work. Find new outlets, all right? There's ways to do it. Federal oh, money bootstrap. should go elsewhere, not to the nightclubs. Wow, we have a split decision here. Yeah, we do. You wow. going to break the tie, Dan? Split the... I don't, well, let me read you this. Uh, this actually is, I've, I found this in the, the, the bill. Uh, that they passed. <laughs> Pouring through the legal documents for the benefit of... Uh... Well, they, they linked... Okay, I didn't find it. It was linked <laughs> off the Detroit okay. News story. Subset 15, businesses providing purient sexual material. A, a business is not eligible for the SBA assistance if it presents live and recorded performance of a Purient sexual. I'm saying purient, right? Right. Yeah. Close Sorry, enough. Purient, 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 purient. You know, whatever. Pure, we yeah. know what if we're If you donate about. a little more to UMass, uh, you would have had that pronunciation down when you were in college. Purient sexual nature, or two, it derives more than five percent of its gross revenues directly or indirectly through the sale of products, services, or the presentation of any descriptions or displays of a purient sexual nature. I mean, that could be like shops. That could be a lot of things. SBA has determined that financial lawful. Financing lawful activities of a purient sexual nature is not in the public's interest. The lender must consider whether the nature and extent of the sexual component causes the business activity to be purient. All right. So I, I got to go with the, I mean, the law is clearly written here. I think my issue is with our, our, our representatives in the House, the Senate and all this. I mean, I got first I got to find out who my rep is, but then I'm going to find out how they voted on this because I think the problem, I mean, who, who are these guys, who are these people at Congress to judge. These guys all got <laughs> yeah. affairs. You know, you know, I like the guy that's always screaming the most about, you know, tromping down gay rights, always ends up with a secret <laughs> affair. That guy, like what sure. Senator Wide Stance. Yeah. Like you're in the Minneapolis <laughs> bathroom Senator trying Wide to hook stance. up. With <laughs> Remember that oh, yeah. guy? Sure I do. Sure I do. How many times you flown through the <laughs> Minneapolis airport? I was like, that's going on in there. What, the, what is going Senator on in here? Wide <laughs> the guy, remember that? He like kicked yeah, the guy next to him yes, to try to absolutely. hook up. I didn't even know this was a thing. What? And then his defense was, I have a wide stance. <laughs> <laughs> you heard, you heard this? The guy said he was kicking him, go, trying to get him to hook up. And he said, oh, my foot just slipped under there because I have a wide stance while taking a crap. Why? What? <laughs> I've never. Uh, one of the so all-time great these... political scandals. Yeah. Larry Craig so from time. Idaho was his name. A, uh, yeah. a Republican from uh, fr from Idaho. August of 2007 was arrested in June by an undercover police officer in a men's bathroom <laughs> at the Minneapolis St. Paul International <laughs> Airport and pleaded guilty to disorderly conduct in the case three weeks ago. <laughs> um, yeah, he was 62 years old. Uh, that's uh, so a plainclothes police officer investigating complaints of sexual activity in the bathroom arrested the senator on June 11th. Oh, that's beautiful. Senator Weinstein. <laughs> senator Weinstein. <laughs> like, I, I just was floored by that story. I'm in a, I go to a lot of airport <laughs> bathrooms and I just, it never been done. Like, imagine like, you know, like the, the, the latches are there, you open it, oops, and there's like two 60-year-olds in there. Like, no, oh. thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> Jeez. So I should stay in the Sky Lounge. You should pay Delta for the privilege to go in their little lounge. These that, that, I mean, so I'm wondering how many people voted for this. Uh, they're like trying to tell their husbands, oh, no, no, yeah, I made sure uh, we never took that out. So I'm mad at the government for this. <laughs> okay. So you're Free right, I mean the dancers. There's probably some. Uh, I, technically, I would reject the. I would reject the K. I, I, I'm a man of the law. I love the law, and so uh, I would. Uh, I would reject the lawsuit, but I'm not happy with our elected representatives, Republican or Democrat. I don't care. Bipartisan outrage here. 
God bless America and let the dancers dance. I should, I'm, I'm going think back thinking of like, you know, your your uptight Detroit lawmaker that maybe would have voted against this sort of thing, who actually has the secret family in the Upper Peninsula, like with the with the with Candy, the, My, the stripper from Iron Mountain or what? What are we? Um, I, wow, well, I, I man, an Iron Mountain. <laughs> st- <laughs> who Who is that Detroit mayor who is like the all time corrupt guy? Uh, Kwame Kilpatrick. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that guy. Kwame would never have voted for this. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Never would have voted for this. <laughs> Fortunately, they put him uh, in prison or if he was still around. At least this wouldn't have passed. Yeah. I, I don't think they consulted the Detroit mayor on. Uh, uh, it's a robust business. I'm just saying it's an honest living. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm watching The Wire right now uh, in quarantine. I'd never watched The Wire before. Someone on Dan's recommendation, he thinks it's the best television show ever made. And so I'm thinking of I just watched season one, Orlando's Gentleman's Club, which is the place where they run all the uh, run all the drug money through. So didn't end so well for Orlando. Uh, Doesn't end well for a lot of people. The Wire. I (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to. I don't want to give it away. Yeah, I, think, I think I'm noticing the trend. <laughs> We've been watching. Uh, I've been watching uh, All American on uh, Netflix with my daughter. It's kind of a like the OC, yeah, nine oh two and oh, but with uh, football. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the star player yeah, from Crench- right. South Crenshaw yeah. High transfers to Beverly Hills High. Every every girl in the show is a supermodel. Uh, yeah, it's it's totally out absurd. It's, it's it's been enjoyable. I liked it. Better than Tiger King. We need a we need a totally technology absurd. update from Pat. Have you watched Netflix yet in quarantine, Pat? Yeah, yeah. I have. Oh, We've, okay. Yeah. Not, I mean, I'm not the one setting it up, or you know, I mean, <laughs> that complicated remote that's, control. That's we. Uh, <laughs> now uh, uh, we've been watching uh, the, like the first season of Brooklyn Nine Nine because my kids are amused by that show. So we watched we've watched some of that. We've uh, watched how uh, we've watched a bunch of movies. Uh, we've pl- Killer Inside, the Aaron Hernandez story. Uh, We're working up to that. <laughs> working up to it. Any day now. Might Any be a day little... now. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Armstrong's Take in it, time. so no, he's worth seeing. That's... For Kevin, I might just do it. <laughs> I might just. I don't want to give away the how that ends either. Yeah. <laughs> It's my favorite things on that movie when that uh, Netflix series came out. Is like it was, you know, obviously people watch right away, and uh, all these people are are sending me at messages on uh, Twitter, like I can't believe he died at the end, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, <laughs> who saw that coming? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody thought he was going to die at the end, that, but I thought you were at least a little bit up on the news. Anyway, this is where we're at. Anyway, All American gets my uh, recommendation. Yeah. Uh, Tiger King, I got bored with after two episodes. I, I, we're going to try That's, again. I, I have no interest in that. None. Yeah, I didn't really. Yeah, the, we, the more we, people we than Tiger King covering college football. Well, those are our people. I don't yeah. even want to show that. Yeah, I think people are just like, I can't believe these people exist. I'm like, who the hell is this reading my articles? <laughs> well, we, we know these people exist. I think Joe Exotic has been yelling at me about OU Sooners for years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, Joe Exotic, frequent Yahoo commentator, uh, commenter uh, below the articles. Guaranteed. Yeah, like literally none of this stuff seems that wild to me. But anyway, uh, this is the exciting life we live uh, when we're not quarantined. All right, we'll be back late in the week. We're doing two for you this week. You're welcome. We're here for you. Talk to you then. Subscribe. Please share some share us on social media and, uh, you know, help our numbers. I mean, the damn thing's free. All right. Talk to you later.